in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? But today we're going to talk about, uh, if you will, kind of contrast and compare retirement tools versus retirement strategies. So is your portfolio of investments, is it made up of a bunch of tools or do you have an actual retirement strategy? There's a question for you. Tools or strategy? Is there a difference? Well, there's a theory that perhaps more like a, a concept that's been going around well, for years now in the financial services, financial industry anyway. Um, it may not it may not seem revolutionary or state of the art, but it's what good retirement planning is all about. And it's uh, having a concept that you can follow, that you can understand, that helps you allocate your investment dollars in a way that will work for you and also your specific situation. Everyone's unique to some degree. You think that there's so much cookie cutter in, in some of these approaches. Well, there are common tools, you know, methods, approaches, strategies and implementations can be similar here and there. But it means nothing if it's not actually aligned to your specific needs, your budget, your cash flow needs, the type of investment assets and dollars and amounts and values you have towards this project of having a successful retirement. You know, the concept that just big picture we're referring to is the idea of asking yourself a question. When it comes to your money and your investments, here's the question. Are you focusing your decision-making process on the retirement tools? Or are you focusing on the retirement strategy? That may seem like the same thing, but they are not the same. Think about uh, a contractor. He has a tool belt that's full of tools, but not every job requires him or her to use every tool in that tool belt. Specific tools, you know, maybe a collection of tools, uh, but not every tool. Here's a tool for you. Do you know that captive brokerage firms the ones you see on TV, the ones that have football stadiums named after them and big commercials and all this stuff, they're really brokers and they don't have a fiduciary interest to put your interests first ahead of their own firm. We do. We always have. We always will. So guess what tools we have in our tool belt, if you will. We have tools that work, a variety of tools, and we'll use the right one for you. My point there, just to make a quick point about it, is in a captive realm of brokerage firms and non-fiduciary quote-unquote advisors, They work for the company and the company determines what's in their tool belt and they use the tools the company tells them to use. So if you need uh, a saw, uh, but they determine you're going to get a hammer, guess what you get? No matter what you need, ultimately, now they'll use it, they'll hide behind a concept of called the best in contract, best interest contract. So that just means that the tools that the mothership put in their tool belt, they'll try to use the best one, of course. But that's far different than having the right tools in the tool belt of which you use the right tool or tools for your specific need. So I know you get it, got it and good there, but just want to kind of beat up on that concept a little bit. 
And you know what your retirement strategy is versus the tools? It's your plan. It's no different in so much as that the plan, guess what? It dictates the tools we use, James. It always has and always will. So really today's show is about helping to understand the difference between the tools and the strategies and developing strategies that will help you and yours, whether that's the individual you, the collective you, whatever the case may be, but the proper strategies for your situation. Now, here's the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So for starters, and this is what today's show is all about, what really is the difference between tools versus strategies? How many different strategies for investing should you consider? And here's a question that maybe is, can you versus should you? So can you combine different parts of strategies or should you combine different parts of different strategies? How do you choose a particular strategy that fits best for your personal risk tolerance? What do you do when you need to generate reliable, dependable monthly income? Your paycheck may be for your life, maybe the uh, for the collective lives out there. Do some strategies and or tools help with generating systematic income? Once again, systematic, meaning reliable and dependable income on a monthly periodic basis. Is there one strategy that maybe stands out above the rest? How do you find an advisor? This is the, the bottom line, right? How do you find an advisor that will help you define the best strategy for you? Okay, with those questions in mind, oftentimes questions are asked in such a way and they actually contain the answer, the right answer. You just kind of run it backwards and flip it from a question to a statement. Statements like you can and should use different strategies combined inside your overall plan. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. You should find an advisor that actually works for you, uh, not for the company. So how are you making investment decisions for your retirement? What is your method? You know, James mentioned it's part of methodology. It was like, you know, using the right risk tolerance associated with the right portfolio and strategy and investment choice or selection. That needs to be equal. If if we have too risky and um, off-purpose, off-task, off-focused types of investments that don't align with your actual needs or your actual risk, well, it gets too risky out there, too much volatility, you'll get washed out. You'll be heading for the exit, you'll go to cash and you'll hurt yourself. Or you'll start trying to time the market. You know, you'll do track record investing, you'll chase returns, um, you'll listen to advice from news and noise and media and, and buddies at the water cooler and, you know, at the at lunch table, your uh, 401k at the office, just all this stuff that doesn't have anything to do with your success. So, you know, but these are inputs that people utilize to make decisions when it comes to retirement. So how about another twist to this equation? What is your advisor's method? Do you actually have an advisor or do you have a broker acting like an advisor? Okay, they work for the major platforms. Again, you see them on TV. That uh, doesn't mean they're your advisor. They're the company's advisor acting like your advisor without a fiduciary standard to put your interest first. Big difference. Someone's working for you, doing stuff with you versus someone that's doing things to you. So have you ever thought about this advisor's method? What's your advisor's method? What we tend to see from the vast majority of people that we initially consult with uh, about portfolios and investments, you know, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, et cetera, is, well, they, they tend to focus on those retirement tools, but not an actual retirement strategy or plan. Big platforms and brokerage firms rarely develop a plan for every prospect or prospective consumer investor. 
that they meet because they know a plan includes some projections and some expected rates returns and some things that, you know, all uh, truth be known that in hindsight, at a later date, they don't want you to hold them accountable to that. Like you fell short. Why'd you fall short? Are we on track? No, we're not on track. Well, well, if they just don't even lay some track, your train can go all over the surface of the planet and you'll never know the difference per se that you're off track and heading into a form of the great abyss and oblivious to the, to the deep pit that becomes your retirement without do-overs. Okay, we're very conscientious about this, very aware that you need a plan. You need strategies in that plan and all should align with your success and be measurable and accountable. So not that we take each other to the woodshed occasionally or anything like that, you know, just so we can get back on track, make fine adjustments and keep going forward towards the horizon of your total success. So you might be thinking, what's the difference in all this? Why does it matter? Well, there's a definitive difference that could matter a great deal to your long-term success in retirement regarding your money. And as we continue on today's show, we want to help you understand exactly how to differentiate between retirement tools and retirement strategies. So this is maybe the, the way to remember tools versus strategies. So the different tools, think about investment products, investment products, including insurance products or financial products that you can choose to invest your monies in. And then strategies. Think of them as the concepts, maybe the theories that you can devise that helped you figure out exactly which tools might or maybe should be the best to help you accomplish the goals and the objectives that you have for your situation. So once again, goals and objectives are part of your overall plan if you even have a plan. So that, once again, part of the planning process is to have all these different goals, these different measurable objectives that you should have for your situation. Now, another problem that we tend to run into is people think that they have a retirement strategy, but they really just have the investments, the tools that were sold and that they were positioned into. You know, James, when you, you hear the word problem, like problem we run into, I know oftentimes we'll talk in terms of challenge and solutions. But when people don't have a clear understanding of strategy versus tools and how to put it all together properly, um, it is a real problem. It can become a very, very deep and dark problem over the course of time. Well, we're going to we're going to take a little break. We want you to stay tuned as we get into deeper in retirement tools, retirement strategies. And give us a call at 513-575-9654. That's 575-9654. And when we return, we're going to continue retirement tools versus retirement strategies. You're listening to Sound Money Investment Show right here on 55KRC, the talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. 
and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? I'll continue with the topic of today, retirement tools versus retirement strategies. So a true retirement strategy, well, that's something you form that helps you articulate how you're going to solve your problems, overcome the challenges that are there with real solid solutions, really solid, and achieve your objectives in the process. And it should be done and decided on prior to even discussing tools that you'll invest your money in that will get that job done. Strategy comes before tools, just like a, a design spec or a set of directions comes before putting this shed in the backyard together, right? All the parts, the pieces, the certain sequence, and don't forget this to do that before that, or you just get it all. Um, it just, it's just not good. You've, you've been there and you've done that. Don't do that to your retirement. So what's the difference between a tool and a strategy? Well, first, just to be clear, investment products are not strategies. They're tools. And uh, the colors of money in our calmer, the color of money risk analysis is a tool to determine your risk tolerance and uh, to then sort and categorize your investments and holdings by colors. Uh, and there are different colors, like green is typically safer money. Uh, red is risk money, unmanaged. Yellow, we want to get the red out and get you over to some yellow, is properly managed using repeatable processes, methods, approaches, strategies. Okay, so in the colors of money, the difference between the red money unmanaged versus yellow money professionally managed, that's just all there is to it. Don't you want in a dynamic world of change and uncertainty, a methodology instead of just uh, kind of being, you know, it's kind of like, would you circumnavigate um, this planet using what the old ship captains would use trying to determine you know, their compass and their direction? Or would you just kind of head out and maybe the winds to your back and just you'll go and get to wherever you arrive at, you know, wherever you go, there you are. No, we want to be specific. The strategy is you succeed on purpose. The strategy is you'll stay within a certain risk range. The strategy is certain preferences and comfort level that you have um, or biases addressed in terms of what you invest and how you invest to determine you know what level of income you're going to need, what type of legacy you want to leave, what kind of um, um, legal documents are needed and in place to get this all transitioned appropriately into autopilot. Now, that might be the big picture strategy. And we would dial down into that. We know there are the lower level uh, actual tools to use. It might be a highly diversified global stock strategy on some of your money. It might be using fully insured annuity investment accounts with guaranteed lifetime income for you and your spouse to cover the, some of the income gap on a guaranteed I know so basis. Like James was saying earlier, you don't want to just hope there's a paycheck. Uh, and this, this is very important. Life insurance, premature death, payout tax-free death benefits to your surviving spouse, beneficiaries, and heirs. Oh, life insurance again, if you want to leave a legacy of money that's tax-free to pay off all the tax liability on some of your investments, like IRAs that could be very tax-burdened later in life since you never paid tax on them leading up to the point where you either use it or leave it, okay? It, it, the list goes on. What is part of your strategy? It's tools. But which tools? According to strategy, the strategy is the plan you develop that defines exactly how you're going to achieve your desired goals and objectives with your money. So there's a huge difference there. Most good plans have many different tools that can be used and should be used. There's sometimes this misconception out in the financial industry, however, that a single tool or investment product could be used for all the money in a portfolio. Well, that's, that's almost that's silly. Um, you know, using one or two or three methods, even in the market, 
of managing market investments to triangulate the market, to attack it from different vantage points. Since the market kind of moves around different ways, we want to manage each of these strategies properly, shifting and tilting according to value shifts within markets and, and in markets themselves, but with different types of instruments because they kind of go in and out of favor, if you will. Now, the biggest example of this, let's say mutual funds. Mutual funds, granted, we prefer ETFs, exchange-traded funds, because they're more cost-effective, tax-friendly. We can dial in more specifically the components of the market we want to invest in to make strategies more of a recipe-based, using the right ingredients for the right recipe with the right outcome, the right taste. Just like making a batch of chocolate chip cookies, there's a certain amount of chocolate, certain amount of sugar, flour, eggs, milk, water, etc. right? Same here. Got to have the right recipe. Now, what's a recipe? A plan. What are those ingredients? They might be tools. And then throw in some actual hands-on tools like your blender or mixer, right? You're getting this. It's the same thing. But unfortunately, as mentioned earlier, you know, you can always pitch it and try over with a batch of cookies, but you can't always pitch it and try over with your retirement. So it's critical you see people like us who actually work with you and for you. It's just too much to risk. You talk about risk of market. How about risk of bad advice? How about risk of working with someone that doesn't work for you, but maybe acts like they do? That's a problem out there. There's a misconception, misunderstanding, and a lot of confusion when you're dealing with this subject. So, however, let's look at the fact that a, a retirement portfolio that's 100% invested in mutual funds, regardless of how many different funds uh, that, that there might be in it or how diversified it might get, it's simply not a strategy. In fact, you'll find there's gross, gross inefficiencies and in use of a collection of mutual funds because there's overlap and redundancies and inefficiencies and layers of costs, spreads, fees, margins, and loads, we call it. So it's not only not a strategy. I could uh, We could make the case through some analysis of what you're holding right now that it, it would likely not be the best way for you to be invested regardless. So feel free to call it an asset allocation, if you will. Um, feel free to call it a part of your portfolio mix, but don't be rest assured that it's the right stuff for you don't trick yourself into thinking you have an advanced financial planning strategy there. What you really have is a big list of tools of mutual funds in this case. Any prudent, knowledgeable person should know that a good financial planner strategy will involve many different tools. Now, we don't expect you to know those tools or how to develop the strategy. We just expect you to hear us out. We're talking to you now that you know a strategy is required and you would suspect the right stuff being used to line up with that strategy to succeed on purpose would also be equally important and required. Hey, does a contractor use only a hammer when he builds a house or she? Does a plumber only need a wrench when they fix a leak? No. Does your interior decorator use the same paint color and furniture combination in every room in the house? Careful, I'm a little OCD. I usually do that, and it's it's a weakness, not a strength. But I know I shouldn't, and you know you shouldn't. So you get the point, right? You get the point. James? Yeah, so let's get into the tools. How many different tools maybe should you use inside of your strategy, inside of your plan? Well, We'll start by actually defining some of the different tools. And yes, there's lots of them, and they each have their pros and cons. Each can be used in multiple facets to achieve different objectives. So let's start with this. On Fender's website, they list some of the most common investment tools that you can consider. And there's usually a short description of what they are, how they're used. So let's start with, in theory, the, the different concepts of different tools as far as categories of tools. Starting with bank products, typically banks, credit unions provide safe, convenient ways to accumulate interest. And while these accounts are FDIC insured, they probably won't grow, maybe very likely will not grow 
much in today's interest rate environment. Now, here's also the hierarchy. So if you're out there shopping for rates, banks are at the lowest end of the totem pole when it comes to interest rates. Credit unions are a little bit higher than the banks, but not by much. Insurance companies will be higher even still than the credit unions. So if you're simply looking for a fixed interest rate, I know your expectations might be quite low in this particular situation, but nevertheless, there are people out there who absolutely have zero tolerance for market risk. And for them, this is a very simple way to invest their monies. Yeah, you should come see us on some CD. So not only the insurance companies, but the tax deferred nature of the growth inside of your contract, inside the annuity contract, much better option than just simply a bank or the credit union when it comes to those particular options. So remember this, banks are good for having a checking account, maybe perhaps a mortgage, but that's about it. But James, you usually call it a safe way to lose money. Why is that? Well, that's because they pay less than what the interest rate is needed to keep up with inflation. That's the safe way to lose money. Now, the next category comes to bonds. Think of the memory peg of bonds equaling debt. Essentially, you are buying someone's debt, whether it be a corporation or the government. Think about treasuries. Those are different types of bonds, different types of debt. So in general, you receive interest payments plus a repayment of the principal if you hold the bond to its maturity date. And there are many different types of bonds, different types of bond funds. And yes, some are very conservative in nature, relatively safe, comparatively speaking, but they are not, in general, principal pool protected. Let me say that again. Bonds are not, in general, protected on the principal. That means you can actually lose money. Now, there might be an exception to the rule, which is treasuries, the government. So unless the government goes officially bankrupt, and if that happens, we're all in a big heap of trouble. But nevertheless, treasuries are safe, but corporate bonds are not. Also, word speak here. If you look at different words and different phrases, think of the phrase of securities. You know, when, when we hear the word security, it means anything but something that's secure. And yet that's what Wall Street calls equities or <laughs> stocks. Yeah. They're called securities. Yeah, good old securities sold to you by your broker. Make sure broker. No. But. Another one, junk bonds. And this is one that's kind of odd because junk bonds usually are not junk. But nevertheless, it's just a word or different phrase that a Wall Street has determined is appropriate for these t- different types of products. Once again, these are products. Greg, take us out. Gosh, James, you just, you threw out a lot of things there. They're tongue in cheek, almost uh, too good to be true. No, it's it's a joke. Brokers, securities. I talk about bonds, junk bonds. You know, there's a proper way to invest in junk bonds, but there's always so much to discuss. We just hope you'll come in, take advantage of the opportunity for us to look at what you have, help you out, send you in the right direction. No obligation, no cost, everything to gain, nothing to lose. But when we return, we're going to, we're going to continue with retirement tools versus retirement strategies. And do give us a call, 513-575-9654, And you're listening to The Sound Money Investment Show right here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are an independent RIA, a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. And it really does all start with the plan. That means actually having a plan, doing what you own while you own it. So if you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, 
investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, and for some out there, even an in-service rollover. All those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email address is team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, James, you covered some of the bank instruments, the do's and don'ts, which is pretty much a big don't. Talked about bonds. We're knocking on the door. Talk about stocks, also known as equities. Had an email here by a guy named Bob. Bob, and um, he's asking about bonds. The reference to made about uh, junk bonds. He just wants to know, how can you make something good out of junk? So, you know, I said something, there's even a way to invest in junk bonds. So just to be clear, Bob, if you're still listening, here's here's a simple approach. You get the best collection, best quality of a variety. I mean, a large variety of high yield, high interest bonds. Okay. In and of themselves, as James mentioned, they can be considered and they have a street name of junk. But let's say you owned um, a series of ETFs that held these high yield funds to the tune of hundreds of them. And you knew because they're high interest, the companies that are issuing them are paying more money because they have an implied risk. The risk is higher, so they pay more to get capital of investors to invest in higher risk opportunities. So when you get a large cluster of these, you get a higher average yield or return, right? That only makes sense. A bunch of higher paying things make you more money. But then if there's um, an assumption and some parameters uh, that a good percentage of these, some, you know, but a minority... Maybe it's 5%, 10%. Heck, maybe it's 20% of the high-yield instruments uh, collapse or go away. I know that sounds kind of hideous, but follow me on this. 80% don't, and the 80%, uh, 100% of the 80% are paying a much higher prevailing rate or yield than your less lower-yielding bonds. So even through diversification, you can hold the high-yield bonds and avoid the outcome negative consequence of junk, even by default, by just having a large collection of them much larger than what your default rate might be. So there's a simple answer and uh, be glad to help you out further. Just come in. That's just a small little snippet of some of the things that are oftentimes misconstrued, misunderstood in financial services from consumer investors, just like you. So thank you for that email, Bob. Switching gears to stocks, James. If a person were to buy shares of a company, stock, Okay, they're simply purchasing increments of ownership of that company with the hopes that, of course, the shares will increase in value or at least pay a good dividend yield or both. By the way, that's how money's made. And when you factor in market appreciation, like the shares going up and the price per share and the quarterly dividends, when you annualize all that together, add this to that, you've got what's called total return. So you may have heard that. You may have not known that it's the it's the result of the appreciable increase in value of the stock plus the annualized dividend added together gives you your total annual rate of return. But moving right along, there are many different asset classes. You know about stocks and sectors vary. Wide range of risk out there, a wide variety of choices to be made. It's like it's eating at a buffet, but no stock, no stock is safe. They're purchased for growth potential and potential income too. The dividend yield, if you think about it, Owning the stock is like owning an orchard. You want good trees. Some are better than others. The fruit they produce is the yield. Some better than others. You stir it all together. You get your total return. And if it's the right stuff, according to the right strategy, which is your plan, you will win. You will have liquidity. 
you will have income generated from investments. You'll have capital appreciation offset cost of living adjustments and inflation over the long period of time that's the rest of your forever. So James, just a little bit about stocks. What's next? Annuities. Yes, annuities. So annuities are contracts that you purchase from an insurance company, and the contract basically promises income payments either immediately, single premium annuities come to mind, or some point in the future. So if you hear the term deferred annuities, that's what that means is the future. Now, they come in different shapes, sizes, and types, and the primary objective still is as a tool to provide retirement income in a systematic or guaranteed way. Now, I do want to make a very definitive point here is we are fans of the fixed and the fixed index annuities, but we are not fans of the variable annuities. The variable annuities, it's like trying to do two things at once and do neither one very well. They try to provide the upside of the market, and they also try to provide some type of layer or form of insurance protection as well. The problem with the with the variable annuities, the problem with them is that they are very expensive in what they're attempting to do. So, for example, the overall layers of fees, the loads, everything else, the subaccounts that the mortality and expense ratios add up to around three to five percent average cost, annual average cost for a variable annuity. Everything costs a variable annuity. Additional riders like income for life riders or death benefit riders have a guaranteed result and and you know, outcome of death, all layers of additional costs. James, what do we see these run in terms of internal costs that consumers typically don't even know about on an annual basis? The three to 5%. Yeah. And and believe me, when we say three to five, it could be three or it could be five. We're not just trying to hedge here. They're, it's equally expensive. We see as many at four and 5% as we do three. It's unacceptable. It's really unacceptable. And then we're not fans of the immediate annuity. Uh, James mentioned you know, you have an immediate annuity, single premium, where you just drop in some cash and it turns into systematic payments back to you. The problem is the interest rate environment is so stinky and has been for so long that what they'll pay you to take your money away from you and then give you monthly payments or whatever back for whatever period of time, it's not a good proposition. We got to talk. If Before you buy a single premium immediate annuity, come see us. If you have a variable annuity, come see us. Let's analyze that. You need to know what you really have before you depend upon it. So you can't get here fast enough to look at that. If you're about to buy one, don't return another phone call. Don't go back for a follow-up meeting. And if you're involved in some of these annuities, like a fixed index annuity, there are good products, better products, and you need the right product. That's the best product, the right product. And it links to some of the markets with some of the upside with none of the downside. The downside's fully insured against based on the claims paying ability of the company. There are some companies with no additional cost to the riders to get you guaranteed income for life. So there's some good opportunities in those products. But if you're involved in a fixed index annuity or looking at one that has some big 20 or 25% bonus that goes only to a future income, run. That's not a true bonus. That's not real money. That's funny money. It'll only pay back to you when it comes to income value payments. So we use those types of products only when there's not these crazy, not real bonuses we're a fan of fixed index annuities used properly with indexing and ways to safely grow money and with income riders that pay you a clean deal where you know exactly at whatever year in your future you're going to pay a minimum of X per month for the rest of your life and his or hers, both of you too. Just a couple of points there as you continue to kind of talk about good old safe money. Well, one other thing about annuities, they all have a free look period, whether it be 10 days or 30 days. So if you have a variable annuity in that free look period, grab that lifeboat and get out. 
<laughs> yeah. No overboard. Safer with the sharks than it is to stay on that boat with that, Captain. All right. Now, some features and benefits of the what we call good old safe money. These are fully insured investment accounts that can go up. They can go perhaps sideways, but they do not go down. You cannot go backwards in these types of, of investment tools. Now, traditional indexing, that means that there's ways to earn interest that is linked to the performance of the underlying market index, whether it be the S&P, the Dow, or some proprietary type of index that the insurance company has. Income riders, that's so vitally important because you want to stay away from the concept of annuitizing your contract unless you just absolutely have to do it. The income rider protects the principal or the nest egg without giving your money away to the insurance company. So in other words, if something were to happen to you where you were to die before the term of the contract was to expire, or in other words, if you were to annuitize your contract before you've gotten even half of your money back, yes, a life-only annuitization would simply mean that your payments end at the end of your life. So if you've only gotten a couple of payments, you're done. No more money. <laughs> Not, nothing to your heirs, nothing to your beneficiaries. That's a bad problem to have, and it can be easily avoided by attaching good income riders to your annuities. I, I just can't get over the visual of going to the mailbox and no paycheck there. Yeah, just there's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borden. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. That means we do work for clients and not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford. We also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Else we continue with retirement tools versus retirement strategies. We're going to assume at this point there's a strategy in place. It kind of dictates the uh, the terms and conditions of what's needed for your success. And uh, so we go about picking right tools, orchestration of them together to make beautiful music, which is the, the success of your uh, rest of your forever. So we left off you know, after bank instruments. We talked about uh, annuities. We talked about bonds, talked about equities. Then we jumped over when we're speaking on annuities, kind of talked about good old safe money, you know, where you can participate in some of the upside of the market linked to an index without the downside, fully insured. You might have an income writer that's guaranteed income every month for the rest of your forever. Um, even if the account goes to zero, you still have a paycheck while you have a pulse. Good stuff, you know. And there's some of you out there that need to seriously consider contacting us and reviewing where you are and looking at a balanced plan. A plan that has some green money, safe, like these fully insured type accounts, and red money, go away red money, go away unmanaged money, unmanaged 401ks, brokerage accounts. Hello, Brown Financial Advisors. We're going to help you get red to yellow. That'd be fully managed, managed accounts that have a repeatable process and work with a combination of strategies. So uh, actively managed throughout the different market environments to find ourselves in. So if you're calling for a balanced plan, what is a balanced plan? Well, it involves you going from uncertainty to certainty. You know, we're out there with near uh, U.S. market highs back and forth. We'll hit a new record high. 
uh, then it'll back off a little. But people are concerned that when does this train stop? Well, we know that markets don't have, bull markets don't have birthdays. They don't like get old. They just go until the fundamentals break down. And there's still a great deal of confidence in the market looking ahead. But you need to ask yourself this. Do you have a fully self-funded pension? Do you have enough guaranteed cash flow on top of Social Security to get income for life so that your other investments can have risk that you don't worry about rather than all your money at risk all the time? You know, James mentioned that uh, deferring some of your your uh, your your growth uh, and appreciation on investment accounts using an, an annuity gives you some tax control because you only pay taxes on money as you use it. Well, he he wants you to know you don't have to pay taxes on money you're not currently using for consumption. So if you're not, let's get it off your taxable side of your tax return and put it into deferral. For some of you, that just makes sense. Others of you out there, here's a question for you. Which half of your money are you willing to lose? Which half of your of your money? Yeah, I'm asking that. Are you willing to lose? And you're thinking, well, I don't want to lose any of my money. What are you talking about? Well, exactly. Well, the other half may be perfect for one of these fixed index annuities a good annuity, good company tied to your strategy for your purpose as the right tool. Not all annuities are the right tool, okay? It would be one that may or may not have an actual bonus that increases the value of your account day one. Maybe just that you have a safe way to link to indices with good participation rates, which is how much you get of the upside versus none of the downside. To cover that part of your portfolio where you want safety and growth, income or both, manage risk with growth, income or both, Pretty nice characteristics on this part of your balanced financial plan. So color of money again, green is no so, that's fully insured. Red is I hope so, that's unmanaged. We want your red money to become yellow, which we'll just call it probably so, because it's managed by us as financial fiduciaries, putting your interest first with strategies within a balanced plan. So, gosh, here's some investor dilemmas for you. Risk, fears, concern, fear versus greed. Okay, we have concepts here. And, and nuances of a fixed index annuity to share with you. We have fixed annuities like CD type annuities that are competitive to any bank instrument out there. So if you're looking for a three or five year type term with some good monthly interest somewhere around, I mean, well, it can be, you can take it. You can take cash off the income side of your growth each year, monthly, semi-annually, annually. You can take up to five, sometimes 10% of it liquid liquid each year can't do that with the cd there's just so much to go on about the good side of some safe money so james i think we had to pivot over to investment funds and then uh, you kind of pick up with some questions here but folks there's more to these annuities than meets the eye don't listen to the naysayers it may be right for you you deserve to know if it's not we'll both know and move on we're advisors your best interest comes first so funds such as mutual funds or exchange traded funds those are ways investors can pool money together to invest in certain asset classes or industry sectors through the use of investment funds, another tool. It makes it easier, let's say, to be more diversified with a smaller dollar amount. That's true. But we'd rather use the ETFs, the much lower cost, lean, mean, and clean, than ever using and touching and messing with these mutual funds. You lose total control of the internal workings of what you have and what it costs with some of these mutual funds, most of them, actually. So uh, when someone's not really a financial advisor or client-centered or certified, licensed, and a professional, they may just say from the ivory tower, just use a bunch of mutual funds. I do. Well, that doesn't mean it's right. You know, don't listen. Your mama told you a long time ago, someone tells you to jump off a bridge. You don't, right? Don't do it. Well, I can tell you, they can be risky. And depending on the type of fund, whether it's an equity or bond, some balance the two, they vary in their objectives between growth, income, liquidity. And we're here to tell you cost. And it matters. It matters. 
Now, as far as, and just following up on the different uses from the growth, liquidity, the safety, the income need from all these different types of investments. Yes, we've only named a few of the different tools that are out there that are available, but comes back to this. And this is a question that we ask not only our prospective clients, but even our current clients. What do you need your money to do for you? Now, maybe setting aside tools for just a moment, focus on what's most important for a particular investment. What do you need it to do? Do you need it to generate income now? Maybe income later. And if later, when? Five years? Ten years? How much income? Think solving for your income gap when it comes to that, when it comes to, well, I want to generate income. Well, what percentage? How much? Are we talking about 4% withdrawal rate? We're talking about 8% withdrawal rate. One might be sustainable. The other one, well, probably not. So if you're seeking growth or safety or some type of combination of both, do you need access to your money? That's like saying liquidity. Now, if you need liquidity, well, how much liquidity? Annuities typically limit your liquidity to 5 to 10%. For some, that's not enough. For some, it's just maybe a perception versus reality that it's not enough. So once again, how much access? How immediate is your need for this? Everyone is at least a little bit different in order to make sure that you do invest the right amount of money, not only properly, but in the right tools, you need to make sure that you have a strategy that will help you to lay this all out. So now for strategies, what's available to use? What strategy might be appropriate to use depending upon what your objectives are? So Greg, what's next? A couple examples. So an example here, investor uh, out there desires long-term growth, has a higher risk tolerance, lacks an income need from their investment. Uh, they really don't need additional income. Income's good. So any investor has risk tolerance and lacks income. You know, you can you can tolerate some risk and don't need the income. We can eliminate some of the more conservative options and strategies and look into, you know, just a market-based investment that's highly diversified, that tilts monthly, uh, verifies what the holdings should be, uh, adjusts by dollar weights where the market's shifting to. And you can, you can own mostly equities and stocks and very little fixed income and bonds or any footprint of annuities. You know, more yellow money. We don't want that red money unmanaged. We want to manage it, make it yellow money. But you may not need much green money at all. Okay. Uh, all of the strategies aim to help you determine how to invest your money and which tools to use. So if you don't need income and you have a higher risk tolerance, we can put together a series of strategies blended together as a fine recipe for your growth and appreciation, fighting inflation, and throw off some income if, when, and as needed to. So just encourage you, you know, to listen through a few of these strategies, but most importantly, come in, let us assess where you are, develop a plan, a strategy, show you the tools, make all recommendations, complimentary, no cost, no risk. You, you just, you can't lose, folks. You can only lose by not taking advantage of some of what we want to share with you. Uh, James, another example. Well, different strategies such as, and this is conceptually speaking, fundamental versus technical analysis, active versus passive investing, looking for dividends or value versus growth investing. Something else that's very underrated but also important is tax status planning. So when you're looking at how to invest your IRAs versus your non-IRAs, taking advantage perhaps of capital gains tax rates versus ordinary tax rates individual stocks, bonds versus the strategies of the funds. And then, of course, there's a red, yellow, and green money. That means using annuities, perhaps, perhaps, as a good bond replacement strategy. There's so much more to this. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. 
Call us. We can help. Greg, any final thoughts? Just know whether you need income, a little income, your finite income, what your risk level is, what your objectives are, all right here. We want to help you and share all the objectives after analysis. Get your strategy before the tools and you succeed on purpose. Just give us a call. Come see us. All right. So on behalf of Greg, myself, James, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great weekend. Remember this. Sound money. Well, good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.